morning again on this April 2nd, 2019. Look a little something from Lord kind of showed me on April 1st. Oh, coincidence. Almost a couple years ago. 2017. In 1st John, while reading 1st John 1, 6 and 7. Fellowship with God. I think I had the King James here because I was studying some words. If we say that we have fellowship with him, meaning God through Jesus Christ, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all our sins. What is true, uh, that's the correct uh, fellowship. Our fellowship must start, when we're born again, when we're genuine Christians, fellowship has to be with God. we got, we got to start that intimacy because that's our first intimacy, intimacy, our first love. We love him because he loved us. To love someone, you want to know him. You want to spend time with him. You want to get the, uh, it goes beyond a uh, physical intimacy at this time. It goes to the hope of uh, things coming out there that we the more we get to know God so when he calls us home then we long to see his face we long to be with him uh it's not a matter of what we're leaving back here what we're leaving down here it's what we're what we're going forward that's to be the first thing um but a uh, very opposite end of fellowship is second corinthians one example is second corinthians be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, from what fellowship had God, had righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? What to be lights, uh, something light in this world, be light first, we have to decrease so the light of uh, God, who is Jesus Christ, is able to shine through us, one, convicting, Two, showing them that Jesus Christ is the only way. Period. End of story. The way, the truth, the life, as John fourteen six says. Um, there's no other way. Um, and showing them judgment. Judgment is when you haven't received, when you haven't come to Jesus Christ. We haven't come to God through Jesus Christ. Um, sought His cleansing blood on the cross for us. Um, sought His um, overcoming, redeeming power. That comes by by way of his death. That he brought forth victory over sin and over death. And that he is alive. No longer dead. No longer in the tomb. The tomb is empty. We, If we were to find that tomb now, it'd be empty. He's not there. Uh, well, it's probably caved in at this point. I'll tell you who knows. Uh, if you can even find the correct tomb. Some people say they found it. Is it or is it not? How are you going to identify it? There's no body. He's gone. He's dead. He's he stepped out on the third day. Victory over Satan, over death, over hell, everything. But we got to receive him. It's just like somebody gives you good news. Somebody tells you the good news. It's useless until we receive Jesus Christ. Until we believe in him. To believe in something is to receive. that. That's the truth. That's the way. It's evidence. We've seen it. I know him. I've heard him speak to me. My spirit. It's the truth. That's that born again one. But to have fellowship with one another, it's not just going to church two or three times a week. 
fellowship, you're getting to know somebody. Fellowship, you say, well, you're going to work. It's just like most of them people work. If we actually look around, if we just sit there and listen to the conversations, there's nothing that glorifies God. There's nothing that even thinks about God. You can listen to their actions, watch their actions, watch the way they work, watch how much they waste, watch how much they steal from the God's resources for what he get, how much time they waste so they can get overtime for themselves, so they can spend it on themselves. They're really not spending it on other people. You know, you can look at that stuff. Of course, look at yourself too. We fellowship with God. God's putting you in a place not to live there. He doesn't put us into a workplace to live there forever and ever and ever work as many hours as possible. He'll go us He'll give us the correct way how to get the job done in seven, eight hours of time. We don't look at it as, well, if I can do it in seven hours, I'm not making extra money. God will multiply whatever that is. He'll turn it around. He says, good. You're going home to your family if you're married or parents or whatever the case may be. You're going home to your neighbors to help them out. You're going home. They're coming home. You know, they're going in there to... You can be a witness to say to myself, you okay, you need a hand with a project? Let me give you a hand. You're living at work all the time. You're not being a witness to your neighborhood. You're spending all your time there. There's no fellowship in communities now. You got overpriced. You got lost demonic um, following developers and builders. Not saying they all are. However, but when they're building a home using cheap materials, cheap painting, Getting people to put money, buy debts, to say, okay, you give me $200,000 for this home. At the end of 15 years, 30 years, you're going to pay $300,000 a year. In the meantime, you're helping me get rich. You're helping me line my pockets. You're helping me provide my family. You're not providing the family. Those kids are going to run away because, I mean, that's only money. You were never home. You were too busy making money. You were too busy out there making money instead of caring what's happening in your family. You're not fellowshipping with your family. That's a amenity to God. You're not fellowshipping with those in work. You have no nothing in common with them. There's no one there. You're being a witness. You're being a light. You're a stewardship to God in there. But you're we're not to fellowship with darkness. We spend more time in work. We're talking about work crap. Um... Or work stuff, rather. Excuse me. More likely it is crap. But it's keeping us away. It's got you seeing family. You're seeing work people more than you're seeing your family. More than you're seeing your neighbors. More than you're seeing brothers and sisters in Christ. You're spending all time at work so you can have that lifestyle. You're not fellowshipping. You're not home fellowshipping your family. By the time you get home. And then Satan's got your kids being so busy in sports. That they're not fellowshipping with God. And they're not fellowshipping with one or the other. You're out there taking care of business on the athletic field, out there, whatever case may be, but you're not fellowshipping. You're there, whatever your position is, to, yeah, you may be glorifying God on the field. You're not going to argue when um, a worldly ref makes a bad call. You're just going to say, well, excuse me, really? Is that really the right way? But you're not going to argue like the world does. 
and you're putting an example that way. That could be an example, but where's the fellowship of God? Where's the spending the time? If you're keeping people busy, Satan loves to keep us busy. He thinks doing things, but where's the intimate fellowshipping with God, which leads to resum- intimate fellowshipping with your family? Do you know what Satan is doing to your family? Do you know how he's drawing them away from first God and then one another? They go off. You go into communities nowadays. They don't care about each other. You can rob a house. You say, watch what alarms are for. No. By the time police get to get that alarm, they can get five alarms going off at five different locations when five different criminals break into a car or a house or another kind of an accident. They can't get to them all at the same time. Eventually, almost all of them are going to get away. They're not going to get away from God. They're eventually going to stand before God. Say, I mean, I got away with it. I got away with it. Wait, they stand before God saying, uh-oh. I didn't get away with it. I said, yeah, you didn't repent either. You took something that wasn't yours. And you didn't turn yourself in or go back to him and ask for forgiveness. I said, I'm so desperate. I'm so, I can't think what God's going to put in somebody's heart. When we're fellowshipping with God, he's going to give us time to fellowship with one another. Does that mean the whole, if you got a thousand member church, are going to get together and wait? No, that's not what he's saying. The book of Acts, they fellowship with each other. They didn't go out and fellowship with the world. You didn't see the religious leaders who were not of God back in the book of Acts. You didn't see Paul or Peter fellowshipping with the religious leaders because there's no fellowship there. They don't know Jesus Christ. You can't fellowship with what you don't know. That's a friendship. And you better keep distance between that friendship. Just close enough so the Holy Spirit can convict. And close enough so you can um, bring in the light of Jesus Christ to that area. But that's it. Don't let that line cross into fellowship. Fellowship is an intimate companionship. It's an intimate mutual association of persons on equal and friendly terms. You're not equal when one's dark and one's light. You can have, yeah, you, you should have a friendship. You're going to have a friendship. But be careful with being friends in the world because there's also a scripture that says if you're friends with the world, you're against God. You're in enmity, which is against God. So be careful with the friend, your friendship with intimacy. Guys, if you're going with a woman that claims she's a believer, claims she's a Christian, watch her actions first. Let God show you. If you're intimate with Jesus Christ, you're close to him. You're growing close. You're growing in your wisdom and knowledge. You're in Bible study. You're on your knees before God. You're praying. You say, God, just show me yourself. Let me know yourself. He's not going to let you become fellowship with that woman. Girls, same thing. If you got a guy that may be going into a church, God may have brought him into church to hear the gospel. Or he may have heard the gospel and wants to get back, but he still may be growing. I says, let God show you who it is you're supposed to be with. I've heard, I've ran across videos, but when I just see the title saying, oh, God don't lead people together. Man, that person that does put a video out there like that, they're of the devil, whether you're a man or a woman. It most certainly does. If God's Lord and Savior of your life, he leads us into the right places. He leads us into the right fellowships. He leads us to share with what he's given us with others. He gives us to love one another and love him first and love one another through us. He gives us that fellowship with like-minded believers that are growing in intimate knowledge. He's not going to cause us, he's not going to allow us to fellowship with the world. He's not going to allow us to fellowship, to get close with those that don't love Jesus Christ. 
We're not going to draw them to Jesus. They're going to draw us away the more time we spend with them. Wake up. We all need to wake up, people. Our life is not our job. Matter of fact, our life is not even our family. Our life is Jesus Christ. F grow in your fellowship with him and him alone and let God work through that moment. Other definitions. Kind of mixed away there. Communion, distribution, fellowship. That's one. That's, that's another uh, Strong's definition. It's an interesting friendship definition. I think I must have got this. I forgot to put my source. Forgive me for that. I think it must have got that. It's on Wikipedia or something. Don't necessarily buy that one. I'd rather have Bible dictionary, but that actually still works. The point: an attachment to a person proceeding from an intimate acquaintance. How can you be intimate with somebody that doesn't know Jesus Christ personally? Do you even know Jesus Christ personally? You're not going to be intimate with that one. We want to be intimate. Intimacy does not always mean sex per se. If you're married, yeah, that's, that's one form of intimacy. But getting to know them. Are you? Did you just get married to have sex? Did you get married to get intimate and become one? Fellowship is something you're becoming one with in Christ Jesus. It's beyond a uh, sexual intimacy on that one. Adam and Eve, before they chose to go against God and listen to Satan, they were intimate. They had intimacy with God. They had not about intimacy with each other. It wasn't about a sexual thing at that point. Respectable qualities of his mind. Be careful with the mind. God loves attack. Satan loves attack our mind. Ooh, interesting. It says... It's from the love that springs from an animal appetite. Yeah. Animals know how they lust after things. They attack when they see food. They're, at, they're all over it. Dang, it's cold. I'm ready for spring. False friendship may subsist between bad men as between thieves and pirates. This is a temporary attachment springing from interest. It may change in a moment of envy and rancor. You think if you're intimate, you're fellowshipping. If you're trying to fellowship with those of the world that doesn't know Jesus Christ. I'm not saying there's not somebody who knows Jesus Christ. But what are you talking about when you're in there? Yeah, the first stewardship, you're going to be work-related techniques. But God's never said, I guarantee almost, God's never said to every one of us, uh, we're going to stay at our jobs from high school graduation or college graduation until we die. That's not the purpose of work. You won't even find that nowhere in Scripture. We need to return back to fellowshipping with God first and foremost. If we don't have the time, then ask God, God, whatever's causing, whatever I've allowed, because God didn't put it there, we've allowed it. We need to go into prayer. If we're not... If we're too tired to fellowship with God, then we need to ask God, God, why not I allow to come between you and I? Remove it. Cut it out. Take it away from me. Put it as far as the east is from the west. Whatever it is, that needs to be our prayers today. We need to go into God boldly, which we now can by the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Here it is. We're getting ready to enter the spring season, the new season, the things when new things are coming up, I'll tell you God is opening doors, his harvest is getting ready 
to come up out there. He's getting ready to call us home. No spring. We can get back outside again. Who are we going to fellowship with? It's not a matter of getting together with co-workers that we got a common interest. We're there to... Now, yeah, some may have the intent of serving God there, but the main part of intent and work is to make money. Period. That's it. But the first one is going to be making money for the employer. The employer has to make a profit. So if we're stealing overtime, not only are we stealing from God, we're still don't look at overtime as necessarily a blessing. Because it may be Satan trying to keep you there longer and trying to get you to steal both from him and from the employer. Nine out of ten, I'll go boldly say nine out of ten times. It's to keep you there with people that you're supposed to be a witness to, not to fellowship with. To get to know them more than your family. <clears throat> more than your church uh, family. It's the churches of God. Not every church is of God. The church of God, the church of Jesus Christ, which is not based on a building, not based on on a denomination, not based on a government, whether it's approved by the government, has a 501c3, has a letter certificate. That's not the what the true church of God is. But there are members of the true church of God in most every organization. They're the ones that uh, may or may not be fed by what is being taught. I'm not in everyone. We're not in everyone. But we know that for a fact. If we, if we got one that hides behind their 501c3, if they hides behind their denomination, hides behind their building, they may or may not be preaching and living according to the true words of God. The true church of Jesus Christ is not based on a building. Jesus dwells in us, but we are not his only body. There are others that are hurting. It's them we need to be comforting, infinite together. Where we never attack each other. But you got to make sure that if they're not yet part of the true church of Jesus Christ, that they are hearing the gospel, that they hear it, if at the least from you. If we're talking about other crap, other stupid stuff that's related to the flesh, we need to have God search our hearts because we may not know Jesus Christ. We may, may have called on his name for his namesake to say, well, God, let me be part of your name, but not part of your body. There's no such thing. Look at our Facebook posts. Look at our checkbooks. What are we spending the money God gives us? Are we spending it on ourselves or are we helping other members of the true church of Christ when, if they're going through a season of famine? Are we helping them? Are we going to them? What are we putting in our Facebook walls? Is it all about stuff? All about the flesh? Or are we trying to glorify Jesus Christ? Are we trying to help one another learn about Jesus Christ? That's our fellowshipping. When we're fellowshipping with God, we're going to be doing stuff like that. We're doing anything else. We're not glorifying God. We may be pushing people away. We need to be speaking and living the word of God in each and every moment. Jesus Christ needs to be living and fellowshipping. If we're not spending a lot of time with brothers and sisters, getting together after coffee, it says, we should be sending a text to somebody that says, Hey, I need, I need to pray. I need prayer. They'll pray, but it says, I need to get with somebody. 
Y'all put this upon my heart, and I'm struggling with it. What it's trying to say. That's what the two or more coming together is. We need to get back to that. God can and will remove whatever is destroying us. Whatever is creating division. God hates idolatry. That's idolatry. He hates idolatry with a passion, as we should. It's clear in His Word. God can and will remove any idolatry from us, either now or later. Trust me, you don't want it to be later. Give it up now. Whatever is coming between the fellowship within the body, ask God to cut it out. Remove it. It doesn't belong there. It's a cancer that's only going to destroy. Yes, there was passion there, but I don't really know where that came from except Jesus Christ. This obviously, this message just need to be heard from me. And also others. That should cut me to the heart by that one. So remember, our fellowshiping is not with co-workers per se. We may, we'll have a friendship because we got a common interest to get the job done, to help each other get the job done. When you're helping a, co a co-worker out and they may not know Jesus Christ, you're actually witnessing for Jesus Christ to help them. If God is showing you how to get the job done correctly and as accurately as possible, we ain't going to be perfect. Not in these fleshy bodies. No one can perfect. And it says they are, I'd probably take about five steps back. If God may send something in their path to get their attention. Because they're not perfect. I ain't perfect. As long as your fleshy bodies, we're not going to be able to attain perfection yet. But we strive for it. We push for it. We may have just won another soul to Jesus Christ by helping them get that job done in less time. Some people can handle more responsibility as God gives it to them because they can, they're going on his strength to get the job done or her strength. But if you're wasting time, if you're causing overtime, if you're not hustling and you're working, work is never supposed to be easy. That's a tool that God uses to show himself through his chosen vessels, believers. There's no time for fellowshipping with unrighteousness. We have to be a witness to unrighteousness. Show Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Most people say, well, they talk about Jesus all the time. But are they living for him? Are they stealing from you? Are they stealing from him? If they're stealing from the employer, you're stealing from God. End of story. Then you're living out fakely. If they're going to cursing on everybody, trying to, get, trying to push their way to the top... And they're yet they're claiming Jesus Christ, they're not fellowshipping with God. You can always tell when somebody's not hasn't spent fellowship, intimate time with Jesus Christ. You can always tell when each one of us get fatigued. Our strength is down. The least little thing sets us off. Okay, I'm getting convicted. That's a brick. Um, that's when we can tell when we weak, we haven't spent enough time with fellowship. I can't say what, what enough time is. Only God can say that. God will say, go to sleep. Rest up. God can... I, I don't know how all that works out. I just know we can always tell when we ever spend enough time of fellowship with God. We just come in and say, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing me to another dollar. Thank you. Thank you for the food for dinner time or something like that. You know, now, thank you for the rest out there. You know, wake me up in the morning. What if he plans on calling you home in the morning? You can be able to hear his voice. That was fellowship with God. 
I've done it. We've all done it. We're all guilty of it. What is the fellowship of God? No. What if somebody sent you a text out there saying, or a phone call out some of that, because they work in a different place and says, I'm struggling out there. You know, what time do you get out of work today? I says, don't use the excuse. You know, I'm married. I said, you know, just to myself. You might not be able to spend hours, obviously. We say, okay, yeah, I'm getting up. Oh, perfect. I get off and it's like, can we like quickly get together? Take the time. Go there. Oh, somebody, if you if you don't get off in time, you know somebody that does. Get them there. Get that person there. If that person has a need, if you need to, if you're not doing anything pertinent out there, if you need to drop what you're doing to go, we would drop what they're doing if a child gets injured. Would be better. Or if a spouse gets injured, we better. We're not going to do the same thing for a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ who we're going to be spending an, an, an eternity with. It's priorities, but same token, there's some things we need to drop what we're doing and, and get to the body of Christ. We need to get out there and say, okay, wait a minute, we got a lot of sheep walking around here. We need to get to them right now. We need to get to her right now. She's drifting away and we're chasing after the wrong man, or he's drifting away out there. You know, we need to be hearing God intimately enough to say, like when Moses was with God, he wasn't saying that uh, his brother Aaron was, he let the uh, Israelites, people of God, talk him into uh, making an idol. Because he was spending time with God. God told him, get down there, we'll destroy these people. He interceded for him, says, why do that? Bring a report to your name. What did he do? He got up and went down and said, what are you doing? What was that? And he smashed it. He got rid of it. He said, what was that? And somebody, then he got mad with the, uh, broke the tablets. And God's grace was saying, okay, come back up and let me replace the tablets I gave you that, that you broke. He reminded me, says, you broke it. I didn't break it. He says, I didn't tell you to break it. I said, but that's okay. I forgive you. I love you. Let me write them again. Here you go. <laughs> Brought it back down. They didn't make another item while he was down there. Aaron took the consequences of that because he he listened to the people instead of he knew what was in God what was right in God's eyes. But Moses will stop. If you're a pastor, if you're an elder of a church, you may be saying, "Well, we're going to tell what church." I'm going to say, "You may you may lay down something. If you've got a brother or sister that's hurting or wandering, you need to go and get them or her. That's your first priority." got the same version out there with uh, the parable that describes the uh, the hundred sheep. Jesus Jesus would say, leave the 99 and go after the one that's wandering. That's fellowshipping. <laughs> that's fellowshipping with God and with each other. Are we actually fellowshipping? Do we drop what we're doing? Is that, wow, that's my Bible study time. How long have you been Bible studying? An hour. You doing all the talking or is God doing the talking? God probably more likely may be telling you, you don't have nothing else to do right now. Go get there. Go to that person. He needs you or she needs you. We need to stop playing religion and start living according to the word of God. Fellowship with one another. This was a correcting message, yes. Does it hurt? Hopefully. If it doesn't hurt, your heart may be, your heart and your conscience may become a, like stone. Like I'd smash it and rebuild it. He is the potter worth of clay if we're not receiving correction messages out there that's not to mean we're not doing anything wrong that means we may be our conscience may be becoming hardened 
to the to God himself and to the people of God. And it was definitely a correction to me. I gotta go fellowship with God. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your message that it does divide um, soul and uh, flesh. It does uh, divide asunder. It does divide uh, what's fleshly and what's uh, of you. It, it does bring fellowship. Father God, restore fellowship with your true body of Jesus Christ. Your true body right now, Lord, by this tool, by these words, Father God, allow it to bring understanding to the hearer today. Bring correction, bring uh, revival, bring uh, renewal and fellowshipping with you and one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you.